0: Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets, what's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee.
1: Hello and welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. Just one point before we start, we have a new button on the um, webpage where you can subscribe to the show via email. So if you click the button, type in your email address, you'll get an email as soon as a new show is uploaded. And you won't get any other emails apart from that, I promise. Now, it's my pleasure to welcome back onto the show an old favourite. He is Bob Hoy. He is the Chief Investment Strategist for Institutional Advisors and writes a weekly newsletter called Pivotal Events. Hello, Bob. Welcome back to the show. Dominic, so very good to be
2: with you again
1: good stuff now bob are you long are you short what are you i have a long gold stock and
2: uh, very little exposure anywhere else and particularly in the exploration gold, junior gold side because as you recall late last year we were talking that that uh, where there had been some Good uh, plays in some exploration stocks with good results from the field. And then there was the, uh, you know, the GDXJ, the uh, gold shares junior uh, ETF had been acting well and that was, of course, a select uh, index. And what we're looking for is the play to broaden out with more junior companies participating in a, a rising market some of them probably coming up with good results, and then also more investors and more traders participating in the market. So generally, the exploration side was expected to broaden, and I believe it is. So it's a good place to be.
1: I have to say, this, this ETF, GDXJ, which, which I suppose you'd say it tracks the senior junior producers.
2: <laughs> <that makes sense. laughs> yeah, you can play
1: with words. But... It's a really useful vehicle, isn't it?
2: It is. It is indeed. It's a select list, and that, and, and at least for investment market letters writers, when one mentions the juniors, instead of sort of saying one or two, uh, you can just sort of say here's here's an index that represents the sector, and it's had uh, good advances over the last few years. So, I kind of like it. So
1: I, I, I do. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a good place to be. It's it's a leveraged version of of GDX. Yeah. And, and the funny thing ab- about GDX is a lot of those um, senior seniors, if you, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean, don't actually, you know, they're not entirely gold producers. They kind of cheat a bit, and you know, a lot of them are, you know, big copper producers, for example.
2: That happens in the mining business, where uh, oftentimes copper is found with a gold deposit and uh, in minor amounts, and then oftentimes you can find gold within a copper porphyry. And then, then oftentimes mining, there's mergers and whatnot go on, where maybe a group that wants to be pure gold end up with uh, an acquisition that brings them some copper. So that's, that's business for you. Uh, we think that copper will decline, along with the other base metals, for a number of years. You know, with the usual business cycle, we've had a a couple of good quarters in business in Europe and in the United States recently. That pushed metal prices up until uh, end of April, and then they've uh, had a pretty smart decline. So what we're looking at is the next few years where gold stocks in general will likely go up and down with the New York Stock Exchange. But at the end of it, the gold stocks would be big performers on the upside, and the New York Stock Exchange would be big performers on the downside, with realizing net losses. So that, and then within the gold sector, of course, the junior side will become eventually a very big party. And the old saying we had in Vancouver years ago, when a when a broker on the trading floor on the in the office uh, got an order and an excited market, he'd holler over to the guys at the trading desk, you know, buy 10,000 shares of AOT, and they'd say, well, what's AOT? Any old thing. (laughs) uh, We're not there yet, fortunately, there's a lot of party ahead of us.
1: I I don't know if you know this, Bob, but I work in a a lot of sound studios, and uh, sometimes if you're having a difficult producer, you'll say to the sound engineer, press the DFA button.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: That's does FA.
2: <laughs>
1: sure. Uh, okay. Put some DFA on it, you'll sometimes hear people say. Um, "The the uh, Now, we had a big crash in 2008, and uh, you timed that very well. Uh, I presume you see a, a long, drawn-out bear market ahead of us. Do you see another crash ahead?
2: For the general markets, you know, uh, a... A crash like 2008 and then with the secondary leg down in the North American markets down to March 2009, pretty exceptional stuff because even just the November one, that was the same percentage change uh, as the 1929 crash with some of the ups and downs uh, remarkably well-timed as the crash concluded. As I said, they, then they slide from January 2009 down to March. Uh, That was recognizing that the Obama administration would probably be a financial disaster. And then you had a very big and enthusiastic rebound. Um, That was natural. And then it's also been force-fed by the huge amount of stimulus that uh, had to go out. And, of course, stimulus, it it goes into the financial market before it goes anywhere else. And it's, it's left its footprints all over the place. And then after the January uh, slump to the markets here, we looked at, oh, the, the oversold condition for base metals and crude oil and the stock market and said there's going to be another lot of positive to come into the market yet. And it would then run up through to the spring. And then in April, we were getting uh, some, a build in the number of individual stocks that were showing upside exhaustions. You had the beginnings of the credit change again with change in the short end and the money market stuff, with the TED spread widening and and uh, the three-month euro rate heading up. So these were giving warnings, but the uh, party continued in stocks, and it continued in the uh, corporate bond market with bond prices going up and spreads narrowing, and, and in rather reckless fashion, I might say, because it was you know, you the culmination of, of the carry trade where you could, well, go back to March 09, the, the corporate junk bonds were trading at over 40%, and the cost of money on a trading desk is about half of 1%, so you can see the positive carry, and they carried that right out to 11%. So then there was the warnings from the short end, and then the first week in May it started to deteriorate, And it rolled over. Now, our April 22nd edition noted that all the signposts were in for a top, and we checked it off. Is it up when it should be? Yep. Are there signs of speculation? Yeah, the sentiment readings and momentum readings, like the NASDAQ was the highest RSI since the top of the market in 2000. So there's lots of signs there. And then for us, the... uh, Oh, the exit point would be the first week to show a lower low in, say, the S&P than the week before. Well, that happened on Tuesday and Wednesday before the big hit on Thursday, May the 6th. That has then since been called the flash crash. And there was, uh, when it was down 9% in New York, uh, a large part of that was due to some peculiar trading by computer programs. But the main thing it was, it shouted right out that, hey, the liquidity is going out of the game. The other thing that told us that it wasn't uh, just a technical glitch in the New York Stock Exchange was that the corporate bond market got smashed equivalently. And also commodity prices, and they had no problems in their trading, so they got hit. So it was exuberance into the right window and a quick reversal to a hard hit. It got hit a whole lot faster than uh, than I had expected, but nonetheless, the direction was right. And then now we're looking for a rally in the S&P up to maybe 1120 11, or 11, 1130 uh, in a pattern that is uh, part of a major decline for this year. Part of it is with the presidential election cycle in the U.S., where this in-between year, if you have a high from the stock market and in the spring and out to late spring, uh, then uh, by a high I mean an energetic high, then it can be followed down to a pretty heavy exit in the fall. So uh, this is all coming into play. And uh, with this, uh, we think the senior gold shares will be weaker on the next leg down in the stock market, which could be a week or so yet from now. So uh, there's lots of opportunities in the market. For those who can trade. And when whatever sector you're in gets overbought, you've got to take some money off the table. And then when it gets oversold, you've got to go back in. And the idea of equities as a long term hold is just a, a formal way of committing.
1: Would you be buying your junior explorers and your junior producers and your late-stage development companies now, or would you uh, uh, adopt a wait-and-see approach?
2: Mm. Well, individual companies are still within this game, have their own timing. Uh, and they're, you know, you have to work it that way. But in a general sense, I think you can have uh, a rebound here. It's curious today that, Gold, silver, and copper were down in New York, whereas crude oil and the C A R B was up the stocks were up, and uh, where the opening was with a weaker u s dollar index by the end of the day it was virtually unchanged so uh, I think that we're ready for another uh, rally out of the gold and silver side, so um, probably with with a a dull or weaker dollar, so I think we're going to see. Uh, the general stock market plus the golds uh, take another leg up for a couple of weeks.
1: All right. Well, Bob, it's it's always a real pleasure talking to you, and um, we must talk again soon. Your well, How does people find out more about you and your work?
2: Okay. Well, thanks for that, Dominic. You can just look in our website, com, or you can just Google my name, Bob Hoy, H-O-Y-E, and then uh, it's the whole thing comes up. And in it there's uh, our coordinator on the website Brian Ripley. He has a set up there so you just push a button and get a free subscription for a few weeks. We don't send out past, uh, you know, examples and, uh, and so we're generous that way, uh, you know, 3 or 4 week trial basis for at no cost. And then uh, then one can uh, Pay the subscription that that part we welcome you know that 's our business so
1: excellent stuff, and if you had to make one trade in the next week, what would that trade be
2: i'd be long one or two really good junior gold stock <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay do you do you want to mention names or would you rather not
2: Oh no, i don't think so, okay, just because in these cases um some of them are kind of thin. And a, a large interest suddenly rolling in might be a bit disruptive to the market. So, but I think uh, there is a your service uh, mentions juniors from time to time. So there you go. And
1: that's what I like to hear. You're, you're terrified that my listeners can can uh, warp the market. Uh, we've got some high-powered listeners listening in. <laughs> <laughs> what a powerhouse! <laughs> All right, Bob. Well, good stuff. Very good. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Talk to you in a few weeks. Very good, Dominic. Yep. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
0: Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes.